I guess, the last stage of his life here in, in prison, and he's trying to focus. He's trying to see, what, what should I give this Philippian church to focus on? How, how should I, what should I leave them with in terms of what to do, how to act, how to, how to go about this? And, and, I, and I do believe that he's trying to focus in the same way Jesus was focusing in the latter stage of his, of his life. How do I, even though I am, even though I'm scared, even though I have these doubts, how do I still continue to do God's will in my life? You know, and, and that's the thing about focus. It's lots of things distracting us. You know, and there's a bunch of sayings about focus. You know, uh, there's there's this one uh, saying, proverb, however you will, uh, a man who chases two rabbits catches none. Focus. And there's also a, a Japanese proverb as well. It says, vision without action is a daydream. Action without vision is a nightmare. You know, and I really think focus is that idea of vision and action molding together into something special. And when our, and when our focus is on the right thing, when our focus, or whatever our focus is on, that's where our vision, that's where our actions come from. And, and what we what do we need to be focused on as disciples of Jesus? What what should be our focus? You know, I think that that Paul lays it out perfectly here. Our focus should not be on earthly things; it should be on heavenly things. You know, that idea of chasing two rabbits but catching none. You know, I, I think of Matthew six twenty four. You know, one cannot serve two masters. You will either be servant of one and love one and hate the other or or, or one will have uh, one will be master of you and, and, and you will serve the other I kind of goof that up a little bit but you know this this idea of vision and action coming together from your focus that's what that's what Paul is trying to do here that's what Paul is trying to give the Philippians church and so I wanted to give you guys some more focus I want to give you guys something to vision or visualize and something, some actions that you guys can do. So let's turn on over to Hebrews chapter 12. In Hebrews chapter 12, starting in verse 1, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. And this idea of fixing our eyes on Jesus, that he should be our focus, that at the end of the day, we should be focused on things that are not here on earth, that are things that are eternal, um, especially Jesus, the, the guy who, who went into the grave and came out the other side alive, that was raised from the dead. That's what we're hoping for, you know? That's what we're hoping for at the end of the day, that when we die, that will be the end of it. Because I think that that is what, if you're focused on earthly things, that is what inhibits you. That's what distracts you. Is the fact that when you, there's a beginning and there's an end, and that's it. And I think us as Christians, we we don't believe in that at all. We believe that when we die, we will be raised up again. We will see Jesus. We will go to heaven. That is our hope. That, that that's that's what I hope for. That's what I live my life based on. And for Paul. This was a this was a whole different thing. Because for Paul, he had focus. I mean, you, you read chapter three, the confidence that he 
had in the flesh, the confidence that he had in his life. He had a focus. And he was just like, and these, these Christians, they're messing it up. They're, they're, they're wrong. They're worshiping the wrong person. Like this Jesus guy, he was, he was a blasphemer. He, told, he said that he was going to destroy the temple. He said that he was going to be on the right hand of God. These guys are crazy. We need to get rid of them. We need to, we need to show them that we worship God. And so Paul had a focus. And sometimes when we have that, that, that singular focus, it's hard to shift off of that. And, you know, this idea of fixing our eyes on Jesus, throwing off the sin that so easily entangles us. You know, Paul kind of had to have a, a violent throw off there. He had to, he had, and, and we're going to just, we're going to go ahead and read it. I keep mentioning it, but we're going to go ahead and read it. We're going to flip over to Acts chapter 9. Because I think this idea of focus and vision and what, what, was, what was Paul focused on and, and how did he change, I think is, is, is a really powerful thing, reading Philippians. And in uh, chapter 9, starting verse 1, we're going to be reading, reading some scriptures here. It says, Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogue in Damascus. So that if he found anyone, any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up, go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord said to him, Go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go! This man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord, Jesus, who, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from, Saul, fell from Saul's eyes, and he could see again. He got up and was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. You know, the story goes on that, that Saul stayed there, you know, he took up, he took up a new name, and, uh, and he was preaching and teaching to the people in Damascus, and then he went back, a new man, to the people that had sent him there to arrest the people that he is now in cohorts with. And just think about this trans transformation for a second, this shift in focus, and how, and how abrupt it must seem to everyone else. But in, but in Saul's eyes, in Paul's eyes, 
conversion like this. Not the whole blinding part, because I don't know many of people who saw a blinding light and Jesus appeared to them in a vision. But was it this abrupt? Was, was your focus on something? And then after looking at the scriptures, you say, no, I need to shift my entire focus and do something else. You know, and I feel like, you know, for most of us it was. It still is. And and it's like, and and to have this focus shifted, it 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 takes a lot of effort. It doesn't just come that easily. You know, I'm sure Paul continued to have to work through his 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 vision, his actions to, to fit this new focus in his life. I'm sure he had some pullback. You know, I'm sure he had some arguments with people. The Bible details all the arguments that he had with people, and maybe there were some doubts. Maybe there were some. Uh, things pulling all back into his old life, but his focus was now on heaven, on Jesus. And that is, and that's what he writes about in Philippians. And so what are your focuses? You know, what do you focus on? What do you spend your time doing, worrying about day by day? Do you think all that much about heaven? Because as Philippians says, our citizenship should be in heaven. I don't know many people whose citizenship is America that just never think about America. I mean, we, we spend a lot of time thinking about America, especially in this upcoming year. But where is your citizenship? What are your focuses? You know, for me, I think I have three, three key focuses here that I have uh, just, just as standard for life. I think about, my focus is on security. My focus is on ambition. And then relationship, you know, those three things. You know, you got you got your security, you got your ambition, you know, to the room, and then you've got your friends. Whether it's close friends, whether it's uh, companionship, you know, as an engaged man, I'm look, definitely looking forward to marriage, and then just the friendship and the companionship that that provides. But you know, I think I think of all the friends that I'm going to have at this wedding that got me to that point. Those are very important to me. You know, security. I want to feel safe. I want to feel like I'm not in danger all the time. You know, ambition, I want to do great things. I don't want to settle. I don't want to just, just find a, a cabin in the woods and just live there for the rest of my life. I've tried that already. It gets old pretty fast. Um, and, and these three things are not inherently bad. These three things are, are great. And I think a lot of us can relate to these three things. Um, they might differ a little bit. But when we're focused on earthly things, as the people in, in Philippians uh, 3.18, the, the people that Paul describes in those verses, these things, you know, destiny is destruction, God, you know, their stomach is their God, and their glory is in their shame, their mind is set on earthly things. Security can turn into envy, jealousy, greed, you know, uh, ambition can turn into, can, can be very selfish. It's all about me. Everybody get out of my way. I got to make, you know, a million dollars before I turn 40 so that I can actually enjoy those million dollars that I make. You know, I've got to, you know, I, I uh, studied journalism in college. I'm not, he's not the one to write that story. I'm the one. Send me on there. That guy's garbage. Get him out of here. Like, I'm the one. Pick me. You know, stepping on people's throats so you can get ahead. That's, that's journalism, unfortunately. And just, and, and it can very, turn very selfish. You know, I can think of companionship, relationships. 
can very quickly turn into dissensions, lust. You know, I gotta have it now. Because if there's a beginning and there's an end and there's nothing after that, instant gratification gets the job done. You know, selfishness is the only way to go because <laughs> I got a limited amount of time here. What else am I gonna do? I've got to move forward here. You're getting in my way. Get out of here. My mind is set on earthly things, the beginning and the end of it all. Definitely not focused on what, what's coming afterwards. And, and, and see what it does to your focus. If you're trying to focus on Christ, if you're trying to focus on heaven, it distracts you. It get, it, it, you, you lose focus very quickly in heaven when you're thinking about, okay, what do I need to do this week so that I can be comfortable? So that I can, so that I can be on top, so that I can be, so that I can have friends or get friends out of my life that I don't want. But when you're, when you have that citizenship in heaven, as as Paul continues to go on to explain in verse twenty and twenty one, when your mind is no longer set on earthly things, what is security, ambition, companionship turn into? turns into peace. It turns into joy. You're no longer relying on yourself. You're relying on God. You're praying more. Those situations that always stress you out, sure, there's still stress involved, but you're praying through them. You're talking through it with people. You're asking for advice. And the, and the companionship comes not through through temporary or cosmetic or attraction-based stuff. It's based on how are you helping me keep my citizenship in heaven? How are you helping me stay focused when I so want to be distracted, when it's so easy for me to not be focused? The people who draw you back in, those are the friendships that are going to last. And I think that that is what we should be focusing on, things that will last. Because God is trying to transform us. Jesus is trying to transform us, not from our lowly bodies into something that's glorious, which, man, I encourage you guys, start thinking about heaven more. You know, that it, I don't have enough time to go through heaven right now, but there's a lot of cool stuff in there. You know, and it's a lot of speculative stuff. It's a lot of imaginary, imaginary stuff or it's things that we consider to be imaginary. But like eternal life, what does that even look like? Won't I get bored? Isn't that way too long? Like, when does that stop? It doesn't. We, do, we just have, we can't, we don't have the concept of it. That's where faith, that's where perseverance, that's where all these things come from. Because we need to believe that God will be the one to take us there. You know, I think of citizenship. You know, um, this past summer and the summer before that, I was able to leave the country. Uh, last this past summer to Cambodia and the summer before that to China, and both times it was kind of a similar experience of walking through a country that I did not have citizenship in. You know, in China, it was people pulling out their phones and taking a picture of me without asking about me. I would just be walking on the street, people would be walking down and look up, and they'd be like, Ooh, "Tall, white, beard." <laughs> <laughs> and it was one of those things where I was like, do I pose? Do I, do I tell them that they're making me uncomfortable a little bit? You know, we had a rehearsal dinner because it was for a wedding. 
at this like place that would that, that like a middle school was also celebrating the end of their year at. And I'm not kidding. Like a group of like six or seven girls were just following me around as I was walking to get my food. And when I turned to look at them, they started giggling. They were just like, sure. <laughs> I was like, sure. So, you know, I know, took, you know, took a picture. But then after that, a group of boys started following me around too. And I looked back and they were just like, picture? I was like, yeah, sure, why not? That was where the weirdness kind of started in, because I think uh, one of those guys was definitely not just looking for a picture. Um, so there, but it was very awkward. But, it, but it, that, that's what it's like not being in a country that's or being in a country that's not your own. You're just passing through. People realize, oh, you are very different from everything here. This is not your home. You know, nobody asked me in Cambodia, like. Oh, what part of Cambodia are you from? <laughs> no, they were like, tell me about America. I know you're American. You are American. You know, it wasn't even a, it wasn't even a doubt in their mind that you you are not us. And think about that for a second. If our citizenship is in heaven, shouldn't people realize that about us? Shouldn't it be evident? Shouldn't I mean? Shouldn't people look at us and be like? <laughs> Why do you think the way that you do? It's so weird. Like, why do you, why does praying make you feel better? Why, why do you care so much about your relationship with God? Like, church, it's just like a social thing, right? Like, or you actually know people at your church. You know, it should be, it should be like that. We should not have citizenship here. We should not be focused on earthly things. And so how do we, how do we continue to change that mindset? How do we continue to shift that focus? I've got a, I've got a phrase for you guys. It's a Latin phrase. You know, it's called Festina Lente. Make haste slowly. Yes, I realize the oxymoronic part about this, this paradoxical part about this statement. You know, it, it is a Latin phrase. Uh, so, I mean, I'm not going to make any claims that, like, the Philippians were using it, because I don't know, I can't verify that, but I'm going to use it right here. Um, and this idea of making haste slowly. And, and, if, and if the, if the, uh, if the turn of phrase is a little bit like, yeah, I don't like that, make haste deliberately. Make haste with a purpose. Don't just, don't just hurry to make change just to make change. Don't just be like, oh, well, let, let me, uh, I, want to, I want to do everything all at once. I want to become perfect right now, right here, tomorrow. I need to become perfect. That's not going to happen. And in fact, if you try and do that, you're going to wear yourself out real quick. Real quick, guys. And so for us, making haste slowly. If there's sin, Hebrews 12 says, cast off, discard all the things, all the sin that so easily entangles. Please get rid of that. Cut it out, you know. But when it comes to be to adding on those things, like like what it says in Second Peter one, faith, knowledge, self control, perseverance, godliness. When it comes to adding those on, do things in a sustainable way. Know yourself. You know, God talks about this um, this race marked out for us. Run the race with perseverance. Hebrews twelve again. 
Perseverance is a fun word because it doesn't mean that everything's going to go perfectly and that's why you persevere. It means things are going to go bad. To have perseverance means there's struggle. We need to start leaning into that. We need to know that we're going to struggle. We need to know that we need to change. And so, you know, I gave you a, a Latin phrase, but there's, funnily enough, there's a proverb that says virtually the same thing. Desire without knowledge is not good. How much more will hasty feet miss the way? Make haste slowly. Make haste deliberately so that you won't misstep. Because I don't want you guys to be going two steps forward, one step back your whole life. That's frustrating. And I don't want you guys to be frustrated. So, I want to challenge you guys this morning. Because I started looking in my life, I started looking through the things that were shifting my focus away from God, away from heaven. And I want, and I want to share some things with you guys. Something that I looked at on my phone, when I looked at the stats on my phone, I look at YouTube a lot. Here's the stats, actually. This is just the past week. I spend about two hours on YouTube, two to three hours on YouTube a day, which was shocking to me. Well, actually, not that shocking to me. I was like, oh, wow, okay. Um, and I'd love to say that I'm like watching like some spiritual like sermons and some like inspirational music. It's like, no, I'm watching like highlights from basketball games and like uh, funny videos that I can share with my friends. You know, I, I don't really use, I use YouTube as an entertainment, as something to like, as something like TV for me. But I spend about two to three hours on a day on there. And so I realized that this was, this was robbing me of my focus. And so what I'm going to do right here is I'm going to highlight the app. I'm going to delete it. I'm going to delete it. Um, and so it's gone.
something that you're just like, oh, because of this, I will give this up. No, you should get sin out of your life. But for, but for you. And, and, and pick something, because this is what I see myself doing sometimes. I'm going to give up YouTube, and now it's going to give me the time to watch some shows on Netflix that I haven't been watching. <laughs> or it's like, oh, I'm going to download this new game on my phone so I can play that. You know, it's like, don't do that, guys. Clear out the house. Clear, clear out the strong man, tie him up, and start replacing it with other with things that will allow you to focus on heaven. That's the purpose. Because if I can get back to a place where I'm focusing on heaven and I can watch YouTube videos, that's okay, right? But is YouTube worth me not focusing on heaven? Absolutely not. And so I want us to get behind this, guys. You know, get, share this with someone. You know, I shared it. I shared it with Nadi. Before this, and now I'm sharing it with all you guys. You know, if you see me on my phone opening up YouTube, you know, what are you doing there, bud? Hold me accountable. Have someone hold you accountable. Whether you're giving up, you know, whether you're giving up ESPN, sports, uh, whether you're giving up CNN or whatever channel you watch, or whether it's TV altogether. I don't want us to be a church that is focused on heaven. I want us to be a church that has citizenship there and that everyone can see. Not in a self-ambitious uh, self type of way, but in a way that will bring people along with us. And so, let's do this, guys. Let's go after it. I can't wait to see the changes that are gonna be made. I can't wait to see um, how much closer to God we're gonna get. And uh, I'm super encouraged by this. To God be the glory.